welcome to the Media Bubble Podcast. It's the podcast that talks about all geeky media-related topics. I'm Carol, and he's Frederick, so let's get the show on the road. And in today's episode, we're going to have a bit of a uh, tournament, uh, those that we used to have on this channel, or some, some from time to time. And this time, it's on DreamWork Animated Movies. So I have picked 16 animated movies in a bracket, and they have been seeded through uh, three different ways. Uh, Rotten Tomato scores, uh, critic score, and audience score, and IMDb score. Yeah, uh, I think because, as you have mentioned, we did previously some sort of brackets. We discussed food, we discussed fruit, we discussed... Uh, but I think this one will be much harder for us because this is entire stories we're talking Are about. Are you sure? I'm, I have a feeling that it's going to be easier in some way. Um, but uh, I actually wanted to uh, ask you up front, what are we judging the, the movies about? Is it the overall quality, the story, just everything? No, it's the ones that we like the most. Oh, so it's just our preference. It's not like a statement. It's just what we like. Yeah, of course. All right. Uh, other, other way, way what would it be, have been the point in doing this in the Media Bubble podcast? Okay, that is true. Uh, but uh, which movies uh, are we going to talk about? Um, I, ho- I hope you know that, but... Uh, <laughs> um, okay, should we start with the first matchup? Yes, but uh, you forgot to say, we have 16 movies. Uh, uh, no, I, I don't think I forgot to say that. All right, let's let's go to the to the first matchup in that case. Um, and the first matchup we have we have is the first seeded How to Train Your Dragon versus the sixteen seeded The Road to El Dorado. It rhymes. And I know. Well, what did you say? It rhymes. Hmm. <laughs> if I'm being honest, um. I'm ki- I'm kind of, I'm personally I kind of almost want to do an upset here because I love the road to El Dorado and I'm quite disappointed that it didn't get higher than 16th seat. Uh, but the How to Train Your Dragon is a is a really good uh, film. You well, know, before you asked me to do this series, I said specifically that I wanted to see most of the movies, just so that we could talk about them. Um, and How to Train Your Dragon, I would have not seen the series if you haven't asked me for this episode. Have you nev- have you- Had you never seen How to Train Your Dragon before this? Like, I've seen some parts of the first one, but I never had, like, an urge to see the rest of them. Like, I think I got the point for the first one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I've now seen all of them and I can kind of see the hype. So, um, The Road to El Dorado is this uh, fun buddy movie where two thieves escape from... Uh, Spain? Um, yeah, pol- police, you can say. And they find the, the lost city of El Dorado. Um, and they get a lot of gold because they... <laughs> The people that live live there thinks that uh, they're gods. Gods. Yes, they have prophesied about their gods' return, and there's like a big plaque at the beginning 
which we see that it represents both of them uh, and the horse. So there's something about that. Plus, there's this really queer-coded villain that really tries to like sell the idea that these are the gods that will bring upon the age of the jaguar. Of the jaguar. Jaguar. Yeah, jaguar. Because Takachan, he believes that with this new age, it will be much bloodier and it will be much more meaner, and they will like sacrifice people for the gods. How fun! Yeah. Just well, which which one do you prefer of these two? I mean, it depends because I actually, mm, I'm gonna say Road to El Dorado. Are you sure? Yes, because I, as I said, I've seen all the Dragon movies, and as much as I liked the first one, I think the later installments are much better. Okay, so the first How to Train Your Dragon is a kind of a loner story. It's a boy called Hiccup who uh, doesn't really feel like he fits in. And then he finds a dragon who is usually the enemies for these uh, Vikings. Uh, And uh, those two become friends and then it's kind of a story about... uh, Or a classic story about two friends that shouldn't be friends but are. I mean, you also forgot to mention that the dragon is essentially a cat, and this whole movie is like a horse girl movie for boys. Carol, I can't, I can't explain, explain everything about the movies. <laughs> I'm don't. I mean, it's I just. I don't a, think we have time. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I just wanted to say something about the movie. All oh, right, uh, something to to <laughs> say. Um, spoiler warning: We are just going to talk freely about all these sixteen films. In various degree or degrees of uh, specificity. Mm. But uh, I I could do a, an ups, an upset actually because I as I said I really like uh, the Ro- the Road to El Dorado. How to Train Your Dragon is a really good film, but if I'm if I'm going to decide which one I like the more, it would be the Road to El Dorado. I think I agree, because it's uh, like the movie, it has this wonderful mixture of early 3D animation with 2D animation. But the 3D, the 3D is done in such a way that it's very like deliberate, like the waters, the goblets, the sails, but like not all the environment, because they easily could just go like full CGI to temples of gold, but they didn't, which makes it that good. Uh- and, and also, last mention. Uh, first dragon movie, there's a lot of texture everywhere, which I which just brought me back to this two like the early the earlier three D movies. Oh okay, it's from two thousand and ten. I know, but as I said, a lot of texture. They kind of went down with the texture with the later movies. I'll show you after after we done the do, do the episode. Okay, so uh, we have a winner, the Road to El Dorado, which means. The 16th seeded in our tournament has just beat the one seed. Yeah, so that, for that our doesn't listeners, usually happen. For all for all of our listeners, this is only our opinion, and you can enjoy the movie because I mean, as we said, it's still a good movie. It's just that we prefer we prefer the other one. Yeah. Um. Let's see to the next matchup, which we have the eight seeded the Prince to Egypt 
versus the ninth-seeded Kung Fu Panda 3. And uh, before before this episode, I thought that I had never seen The Prince of Egypt, but when I watched some parts of it, I suddenly remembered that oh, I I watched this at school at some time because uh, they showed us this movie apparently. You did? I have never seen uh, it in school. Uh, I think it was before you uh, arrived. God damn it! Me missing all the movie nights. Um, well, I mean, it goes against Kung Fu Panda 3, which is, like, one of my favorite series. <laughs> yeah, I, I, something that you're going to learn about uh, this bracket is that uh, we, ha- we, the two of us, really like a certain movie franchise. And we feel very strongly about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I always thought that it's a bit weird to talk about The Prince of Egypt because it's a film that is really in re- re- religion and that is usually not a topic in um, animated everyday movies. At least not anymore. Uh, but I still applaud them to try to like just create this movie based on the book of Ezekiel they said in the beginning of the movie. Mm. And it like, there's a lot of passion there. I am not religious, but I can appreciate like all the little details, all the like scenery, every like every single touch, well, like with the burning bush, how it was really just like mystical. And you could see that in that situation, like Judas could not Judas, uh, I am, I am not religious. I am not religious. <laughs> well, well, it was a really good, good, uh, an 2D animated movie, as and had some really interesting scenes. You can say. I think. I also want to compare this movie with Road to El Dorado because they also share the element of some early. CGI elements. Yeah. It wasn't as present uh, in Prince in the Prince of Egypt, uh, but they had like details like scaffolding being 3D. Uh, some of the scenes also, uh, the snakes I believe in the when when uh, when the prince came to to the uh, pharaoh. What is happening with me today? I can't remember names. <laughs> Character A and character B, am I right? <laughs> okay. So now now when we have talked a little bit about the Prince of Egypt, should we just take Kung Fu Panda 3? <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to say, I have not seen the third installment until last week. You haven't? I haven't. You I just d- told me that it was one of your favorite series. I know. And I liked the second one so much, I felt like, they can't possibly top the second one. Like, I don't want my expectation to... Like, I don't want to, like, crush my expectations. Well, let's see if we top the the, the second one la- later on the list, I guess. Uh, but I do have to say, at least... It's hard for me to say, but... I kind of, like, out of the two movies, at least... Prince of Egypt had like musical numbers. Yeah, it, it had it had those 
Doctor was in, in that movie, yeah. And I feel like in this is just me picking random things and random details that I either enjoyed or not. So in Kung Fu Panda, they had a lot of characters that I had to like that they had to include. They had Shifu, all of the dragon fighters, all of the villagers, all like Pooh's uh, two dads. Uh, Poe. And yeah, Poe's two dads, and it kind of felt like. All of the newer characters got a lot, got a lot of screen time, but all of the older ones maybe had a scene or two, and then they did nothing, like Shifu. Okay, we were we were kind of already done with that battle, Carol. So. Oh, okay. Well, on to the next one. Okay. Okay. We have the fifth seeded Kung Fu Panda versus the twelfth seeded Mega Mind, and Mega Mind is a movie that I. From time to time here people talk very positively about, but I never really feel like it gets gets um, kind of main or standard DreamWork movie fame. But, but sometimes when people bring it up, I hear positively things about it. What do you feel about it, Carol? I feel like it, with the recent resurgence, resurgence people like remember like hey this is actually like a good movie with a nice message to boot so i feel like the opinion is changing i don't know if i felt like it was that spe- special of a movie if i'm being honest i felt like it was an ordinary dreamworks movie i don't know i feel like the movie made a good difference between being good and doing nice things mm. Because that that was like the whole point between like the struggle between Megamind and the fire replacement dude for uh for the main for the main hero. Well, the kind of premise of this film is kind of if uh, Superman and, and his enemy uh, uh, fought and the enemy eventually won, what would happen then? And uh, yeah, that's the kind of premise. And uh, then we have Kung Fu Panda, which I I think is one of our favorite films. Uh, And it's a story about Poe, who is an ordinary um, chef. Chef, kid, 20-year-old who fantasizes about Kung Fu and plays with dolls. Yeah, that suddenly becomes the dragon warrior because a turtle pointed at him. Exactly, Mundo. Mm. Uh, and and it's so and it's so funny because Kung Fu Panda is kind of special in some way because it it blends humor with uh, with serious uh, t- topics from time to time like the Kung Fu is uh, serious and the main plot is kind of serious but it always bl- blends it out with humor and Poe is uh, uh, Poe kind of always is the jokey one. Yeah, he is the cute he is the comic relief because he I believe in the uh, like at first he didn't take kung fu seriously. It was just like this pipe dream of him becoming a hero, but with time he like learns to like the responsibility and that he and he applies himself and becomes I, a dragon warrior. I think he always wanted to learn kung fu, it's just that he didn't really know how. Yeah, but it's I mean it's just like in real life, like I want to play, like I want to learn how to play guitar, but it's much harder than just saying that you want to learn. You actually have to try. Okay. Well, 
should we take Kung Fu Panda? Actually, I'll leave it up to you. Do you like Mega Mind that much? I feel like it's a good movie. Like it's in like I'm yeah, coming around really... to it. Yeah, but do you really feel like it's better than Kung Fu Panda? You know, maybe before I'd say that Kung Fu Panda was better, but I kind of liked the message of Mega Mind a little bit more. At least from the first movie. Well, you just gave me the choice and Then I'll it's your choice and we'll take Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, we're going to take Kung Fu Panda then, because uh, as I said, I just kind of felt like Megamind was an ordinary DreamWorks movie. Okay, next matchup we have How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World versus uh, the 13 seeded Spirit. Um, um, okay, so we have the... The last installment of the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy, in which uh, the Toothless gets a girlfriend and versus the story about the uh, horse narrated by, by Matt Damon. I mean, the hidden word is a bit more than that. It, As I said, Carol, brief explanations. I mean, then what's the point of making this if we're not going to talk about the movie? We are going to talk about the movie. We're going to talk about them freely. I'm kind of I'm kind of just giving a brief explanation just to present them. Now we can talk about anything in the movie. I have not seen Spirit because I'm not interested in horse movies. <laughs> well, it's not it's not really a traditional horse movie in in that point of way. Uh, but I don't know. It's 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 not. I, I, I guess the most interesting mo- movies to see. Like if you if you had the choice of watching two films, I can understand why you would choose the other. I feel like if I ha- if I haven't seen the previous movies and the Dragon series, I would have seen Spirit. But having seen all of the Dragon movies, I I I I'd choose. The Hidden World. Okay, then we can take The Hidden World because I feel like The Hidden World is probably better. So then, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World moves on. Spirit, unfortunately, is out. And then to our next uh, matchup then, um, we have How to Train Your Dragon 2, uh, the which is a third seed versus the 14th seed, Madagascar. Easy. Dragon 2. Yeah, it's kind of easy. Like, I wanted to include a Madagascar film because that series uh, had had done quite a big franchise. It is. It it spawned three movies and a long-running series uh, from the Penguins. But, but I never really liked the original film, to be honest. Not not even really as a kid. And and the, the first one isn't even my favorite Madagascar film. I like the third one the most. I don't even particularly enjoy the movies. I kind of just like the series. <laughs> uh, 
I I enjoyed way more the penguins from Madagascar and the, the Julian yeah. spin-off. Yeah, me too. Too. No, I I had never seen the Julia spin spin-off, but but there was a cartoon on Nickelodeon which was called The Penguins of Madagascar, and that, I I felt like that that version was. Uh, better than the movies, to be honest. Yeah, like apparently in that series we learned that the that the little monkey character, he's like forty years old and he is a he he has psychotic breakdowns and he like he's twice divorced. Mm. <laughs> there, there was also a spin-off movie um, called The Penguins of Madagascar. A movie. Which... Yeah, but it, it wasn't the personalities from the cartoons which you, you maybe would have suspected. It was the personalities that were in the movies. And those personalities were kind of were kind of tin. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Because in that movie, they were just side characters. They weren't developed. No. <laughs> and the, my, my favorite Madagascar film is the third one, which is the one where they're going go went to a circus I, I'm not sure if you have seen that even I have not seen it Carol you call yourself a DreamWorks fan find me a clip on our podcast when I say it I need evidence <laughs> okay I've told me but anyway I even thought we have talked all about the Madagascar in this segment should we just take How to Train Your Dragon 2? Yeah, I think maybe, I, I think this is a good choice. And since it's go, it's moving forward, we'll have more opportunity to talk about it later. Okay, to the next matchup then. We have the 6-seeded Shrek 2 versus the 11-seeded uh, Rise of the Guardians. And Carol and me have actually watched Rise of the Guardians together once and... Um, what did you feel about that one, Carol? I wasn't impressed. <laughs> well, you kind of liked it until the ending. You know, I don't even remember when we were watching it together. I know that we did. I just don't remember what I was thinking of it. I think it was like... I don't remember. I absolutely forgot. Well, uh, I actually rem- remember uh, it was you. You liked the film until the ending, where you asked me, "Wait, wait, what was Jack's uh, pur- purpose on this film?" Well, I guess it's to make children happy or something, and you felt like that was a lousy reason or something like that. Oh yeah. Now I remember, because every single guardian has like a thing. Santa gives gifts, Easter Bunny gives eggs, we have Father like Sand, who helps us sleep, we have Two Fairy, and Jack Frost is not really based on any holiday, he's more like a vibe. And uh, yeah, you kind of disliked that, I guess. It, it still matches to what I feel today, so yeah, I believe that. And on the opposite, we have a masterpiece of art, Shrek 2. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, one thing that I think is a bit funny is that uh, that picture that you can see right there of Puss in Boots when he has those uh, uh, cute cute eyes. Carol once gave that picture to one of our teachers and (laughs) wrote, wrote, please give me an 
MPG. NA. Yeah. So, <laughs> I kind of almost forgot about that too. Did you get an A, Carol? No, I didn't. He did say that he had a good laugh about it and he showed it to the other teachers. Okay. I came up with the idea because I saw a similar thing uh, online where people use the same picture just in Polish. So it's like, heck yeah, I can give it a try. If I'm being honest, I probably prefer Rise of the Guardians. It's a bit of a weird movie, to be honest, when you think about it. It's these uh, holidays uh, mascots that are fighting in a war together. Yeah, and there's this big bad guy and he gives you nightmares. <laughs> yeah. But Shrek 2 has everything. It has a romantic love story. It has the best goddamn villain in the entire series of the movies. We have a musical number that is still... And, like... With I want uh, I need a hero, which is I don't know if it's not more popular than the original. We have just the me- memeability of the entire movie. Well, we can take Shrek too if you want want it, but yeah. For me, it's Shrek. As I said, masterpiece of art. Well, that can be discussed, I guess. <laughs> okay. Next, we have the latest uh, DreamWorks uh, film, which got a 7th seed, The Bad Guys, versus the 10th seeded Kung Fu Panda 2. Which, if I'm being honest, Kung Fu Panda 2 is a lot a lot l- lower seeded than I would have probably expected. Yeah, I'd, I'd, if, if it were up to me, if I was Mr. Uh, IMDb, I'd put it on top, like... Top top spot for for uh, DreamWorks movies. Mm. Uh, I as I said, I used Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. Uh, and one one thing that was surprising actually about the bad guys on on the current date that I used uh, the scores on, it got it had the highest scores on Rotten in one aspect of Rotten Tomato. I think it was the audience score. But it had also the lowest score on IMDb. Yeah, it just goes to show how much of a different opinion there can be between websites. Uh, and uh, have have you had have you managed to see the bad guys yet, Carol? Yeah, I've seen it, and I think that I quite liked it. Honestly, mm, it uh... it was like GTA for kids. <laughs> I I guess in some way. It's a bunch of bad guy, guys or bad animals in this case, I guess. That uh, um, that's leader who is the wolf is kind of turning a new page, you can say. Yeah. He, he kind of feels good about doing good stuff. Yeah, which he gets baited into just that he can be easily manipulated by the main bad guy. But I, th- mm. but I still felt like the animation was on point. They had some interesting decisions. And uh, honestly, there was a lot of scene where it get me think, like, there's a lot of weirdness you have to ignore. Like, why are there humans when we're also animals? Why are there guinea pigs that talk and there are guinea pigs that don't? Um, why can Mr. Wolf have a cat that's non-humanoid? Why is he falling in love with a fox? I mean, have you seen that fox? (laughs) 
Should, should we move on to Kung Fu Panda 2? Yeah, so I'm not going to talk a, um, a lot about it because I want to dive in a little bit deeper in, deeper into the bracket if it comes to that. But I feel like yeah. the biggest How... stakes were in this movie. Out of all the, three the, of them. Bad, the bad guys is a good movie. It's an and it's a the one of the better movies I've seen from DreamWorks in like the last ten years. To be honest, yeah, I agree. But it doesn't beat the masterpiece that's Kung Fu Panda Two. Yeah, uh, and I absolutely agree since it has, as I said, the biggest stakes, the most threatening villains, and. Like, it's a step up from the original. Mm. Which is, like, everything you'd, you'd expect from a movie. Okay. And let's see, the last matchup we have on this bracket is the second-seeded Shrek versus the 15th-seeded Flushed Away. And if I'm being honest, the, I guess the one of the biggest reasons Flushed Away is on this uh, uh, bra- bracket is because... Yeah, I really like the film. And if you're wondering why Chicken Run isn't on this uh, DreamWorks list, it's because we're planning another tournament where that one fit more into that team. So we're still gonna talk about it, just not now. Mm. Honestly, I kind of forgot that Flushed Away was even a DreamWorks like product that they did it. Well, it's... Uh, it's... I think it's a studio called Ardman that made it, but DreamWorks kind of, I guess, produced it. Or published it. Yeah, maybe that. It's an interesting story, not gonna lie. Um, But the sheer fact that I forgot about its existence makes me more likely to say Shrek than Flushed Away. Yeah, as as I said, it's it's a movie that I guess more came came into this list because I really liked it. It's a it's a fun story about um a mouse that lives in in a in a house and he he and he gets, gets replaced. Okay, yeah, he gets taken care of by a human and then he gets flushed away in the toilet where he meets other uh, mouse. Where he it meets other mice that uh, lives more on their own, and uh, he also meets a love interest, and they are kind of working together. And at the same time, there's a frog that's that's kind of uh, in their way. Yeah. What? What? Why was the frog in their way anyway? What did he do? Well, well, he had this uh, plan. Um, there was a football ma- match between England and Germany and he had this plan where he was going to f- flush ev- every every ma- mouse away from the mouse city, I guess. Yeah, from uh, the sewer system. Yeah. Because, oh, uh, I remember. True. So during the match, there's a break where everybody goes to the toilet. And that yeah. will cause a massive flooding that will destroy the entire city. Now I remember. Yeah, so, and Rita has stolen one device that he needs to do uh, that, that plan with. I don't know, I just kind of felt like it was sweet and kind of fun. Not not, not a masterpiece by any way, but it was kind of just a fun movie. Yeah, 
yeah, I agree. Like, I can look back on, on it fondly. It's not something that I used to think about. Like, I don't think, oh, Flushed Away, that exists. But no. it's it's like, I'd still give it a shot and watch it if you haven't yet. You'd be surprised how mm. good it is. Yeah. And then we have the absolute masterpiece, part one, <laughs> Shrek. The, the the precursor, the, the OG. Yeah. <laughs> the one that they've created uh, the memes. Yeah. I mean... It, it's, ki- it's kind of weird because Shrek kind of begin as a kind of a DreamWorks way to par- parody a bunch of Disney Disney stuff. And now it, it has himself kind of become a parody. Yeah, like it became the thing they're trying to critique. Mm. Uh, I think it was the most obvious with the third installment with how that turned out. Um, but I hold Trek actually like close to my heart. Okay, that sounds bad. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm not upset. I hold, this gre- I hold this green ogre close to my heart. Exactly. But I do remember most of the plot. I do think about Shrek occasionally, the movie. And yeah, I, I can I, I would like to see it go further up the bracket. Okay, let's take Shrek then. Okay. Then we have uh, we're done with round one. Um and the eight movies have moved on to uh, the quarterfinals. And in the first quarterfinals we are revisiting The Road to El Dorado versus Kung Fu Panda 3. Which is, uh, I, when I guess, think about it, I guess it, it's two films about uh, our main characters coming to a new fantastical place. Can I, before we do that, I just want to quickly mention how most of our quarterfinalists is either Kung Fu Panda, uh, How to Train Your Dragon, Shrek and Road to El Dorado. Yeah, it. I had a. I. I had a feeling that it would actually be that way. To be honest. But I feel like you still made a fair choice to pair them up, the way you did. Like, we, we had a good. We have a good selection. Yeah, yeah. I. I could. I could have paired paired them up worse. To be honest. <laughs> like, like. I think if I would have paired them up to to be like. Uh, Oh, oh! I I will pair them up so that I can systematically make my choices go further. Yeah, that'd be evil. You would never do that, right? No. Uh, but yes, Road to El Dorado versus Kung Fu Panda three. Three, the third one, Carol. It's the one with the color colors. So I most vividly remember actually, uh, because. Uh, as I said, I've seen the movies before we started making this bracket, because otherwise I I wouldn't have, like, the motivation. But you gave me that, which I'm thankful for. So I I think I most vividly remember, essentially, Kung Fu Panda 3. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the same as the other two. two uh, it has the humor, the kind of Kung Fu, the, the some part are, are more serious. It's and it's kind of Poe teaching a bunch of other pandas kung fu. Yeah, like it felt like progression since he became the dragon warrior. Then he became like he he found himself in the role and he like 
he fulfilled that role. He became the, like the champion of the village. And then he took over the role of Shifu and began, began to teach Kung Fu to other pandas and other participants. Um, I kind of... Like, if we're going to talk aesthetics. So, Kung Fu Panda had really nice just visuals. We had deserts. We had, like, jade ghostly realms. We had snowy mountaintops. We had... Uh, just this, like, really nice, like, it because it's set in China, it's Chinese aesthetics. I kind of liked how the, like, Poe's two dads kind of, like, came together, and it wasn't just, like, a, it it wasn't that cliche, it was just like, hey, he needs us, we need to come together and support our son. Well, one thing I can say about the visuals of Kung Fu Panda 2 is... The way that it uses its colors is really unique. I, I saw once upon a time I heard someone describe it as kind of comic book colors. And yes, I agree, because that's that's how I felt, too. Yeah, it, it, it has a really unique look compared to the other two m movies. And I even feel like because they don't use it, they use it sparingly as well, which makes a scene where it appears so special. Mm. Uh, for example, they had a scene in the beginning when Pooh was going throughout his fantasies, and then they reused the same aesthetic when he was like coming into the role of a teacher and, te and teaching the pandas kung fu. Yeah. Um, the road to El Dorado is still a good uh, body. But if a film where, yeah, as we said before, they are in this town called El Dorado and kind of explores uh, the, the town. Uh, to, one wants to take all the gold away, but while the other kind of decides to stay, and yeah, one gets a love, one gets a love interest. <laughs> the other, I guess, gets the town love. Yeah, that would be a fit description, yes, because that was, that's what happened. <laughs> um, I think, as I said, I want to go back to the villain. We had to, we, This movie have, has two villains, which I enjoyed because not a, lot, a lot of them don't, at least the remaining ones. Um, we had Takachan, which is the highest priest, uh, and he believes that the age of the Jaguar will come and destroy everything. And then we have... What was his name? The Spanish Inquisition Traveler Man. Yeah, he, him. And I really liked how this... Because this is what Eldorada has uh, above, like, which that has that Kung Fu Panda 3 doesn't. It has a really threatening villains. Because I felt that the Inquisition Man felt like in a, like inevitability. If they came to Eldorado, mm. it would burn and crash. It was just um, by the stroke of their genius that they kind of stopped them from doing that. I guess the Road to El Dorado is a more serious film than Kung Fu Panda 3, but at the same time, I guess most films are more serious than Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a fair actual, that, that, that is a fair assessment, I feel like. Yeah, if I, I can kind of agree with that point, that point with that the villain of Kung Fu Panda 3 is kind of weak. Or compared to some others, he's not as threatening because he's mm. he's ultimately the strongest kung fu fighter, martial artist mm. alive in this universe. Yeah, 
I, I, I can be honest with the one I first saw Kung Fu Panda 3. I was a kind of a bit disappointed to be honest because I felt like the, the second one had evolved the series so m- much and in, it was a bigger tre- threat and bigger vi- vi- villain, bigger stakes. And the third one kind of tones it a bit back down. Yeah, I agree because it's kind of like in the second one it's like Po became like the hero of China and it's back to a little very sm- smaller scale. Sure, we get to like explore Po's like family and his heritage but going back to our villains he doesn't really get to be threatening he is a threat but he doesn't like hurt or like destroy anything that much okay Uh, what have we really come forward with which is the one that we're choosing i'd say road to el dorado yeah i can go with road to el dorado again because it's like yeah it's a it's a, such a fun movie. Like, I re- for anyone who hasn't seen Road to El Dorado, see Road to El Dorado because it's such a good fun movie. Yeah, it's a classic for a reason. And our sixteenth seeded continues. So uh, to to the next matchup, which is Kung Fu Panda One versus How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World. I'm. So the f- I'll 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 be the one to to shoot the first shot. I think Kung Fu Panda One should should go forward instead of the Hidden World. Yeah, me too. Like, uh, if I'm being honest with the third uh, How to Train Your Dragon film, I felt like it was quite a bit similar, at at least with the villain. Or or actually, I felt like like there were a lot of things that were similar to the second How to Train Your Dragon film. Uh, you know what? I'll even build up on what you said. I feel like a lot of the concepts in the third one were a lot better in the second one. Mm. It's kind of like Hiccup, Hiccup and Toothless finds this new dragon villain. They also have this threatening villain who has a lot of b- boats and is trying to destroy the dragons. Yeah. <laughs> which, which film is, uh, is I'm talking about, Carol? It could be it could be either the second or the third one. <laughs> one thing that I will give the Hidden Dragon is that I really liked the the ending of it. Like I felt like it, it gave a proper ending to this franchise. Yeah, it felt like closure. It came full circle too. Like it became we fear the dragons, we befriend the dragons, and we will let the dragons go, which was poignant. And just rewatching because I saw the movies in quick succession, all three of them, and I say there's a lot of callbacks to the first two movies in the third one, which is like hell yeah, that that's how it's supposed to be, but like little stuff, how Astrid and Hiccup interact with each other, how uh, there's like a continuation to the jokes from the sec from the second one, like uh, how uh, Hiccup's uncle he says, oh I never get married because. I can never handle a woman, and the secret second thing, it's like, and in the third one, it's kind of less like he hinted, oh, he's probably gay. <laughs> That's yeah. probably the reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, 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 but even, even how good we describe this film, it's not better than a, a panda that knows Kung Fu. Exactly, because Kung Fu Panda is the underdog story. 
He's the mm. loser who became the hero, and you sympathize with him so much that you want to see him succeed. And Tai Lung is a threatening villain. He is what Poe could have become, if not for, like, feelings and stuff. Feelings. <laughs> feelings. Um, okay, next matchup. Uh, uh, yeah, so we have uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2 versus Shrek 2. Oh, sequels against each other. Yeah, and this is gonna be a tough choice. <laughs> and what say you, Frederick? I would probably say How to Train Your Dragon 2. Like, I just felt like that expanded uh, on on the first fi- film in quite a yeah. f- fun fun way. It uh, it more explored the w- the world. Um, the character the characters had grown up a little bit. Uh, I think they 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 were made older and yeah, it, it was kind of an f- fun fun. Fun film that more explored the world, like like I said before when we talked about the third one, Hiccup finds uh, more more dragons. There's a new villain who is, I guess, more threatening because he wants to control all the dragons and create a dragon army. Yeah, can and can I also say like because in the third one we had a villain that kind of mirrored Hiccup. That he kind of controlled the dragons with drugs, and he wanted to destroy them for safety. He he would be like what Hiccup would become if he killed the dragon, crafty, kill all dragons type. But here we have someone who had a bond with dragons, just the other way around. He was a much better foil, the villain, uh, the blood hand, the blood fist, than the villain in the third one, because he was like the absolute opposite. They were both. Uh, like uh, they, they, they both were missing limbs. They both like had connection with dragons. They understood them completely, but from different angles. And then we have Shrek two, which also similarly expanded upon like everything on all fronts. It... Yeah, I guess it did in some way. Because while, while like How to Train Your Dragon, like it expanded like the scope of everything. The Shrek 2, it continued the story in an unfamiliar way. And what would happen after a happy ever after? Um, well, another happily ever after. <laughs> yeah, but this like it's not always so clear cut because yeah, like Fiona has parents who don't approve of Shrek. There's this plot. She's a princess. She doesn't stop being a princess just because she married an ogre. Uh, mm. There is just shenanigans happening and. Prejudice against Shrek. Shrek, Yeah, Shrek doesn't feel like he fits in, so uh, eventually he he and Donkey gets this spell where Shrek is turned into a human and the Donkey is turned into a A stallion. (laughs) A stallion. A galleon steed. (laughs) Like like his his whole body changes, but, but I feel like they kept kind of the face of Donkey, so... I felt like it was a bit, bit weird to look at. I guess maybe that's the reason we don't see other horses in the movie, because we'd see how weird it would be. <laughs> and it also introduces um, probably my favorite character of the Shrek franchise, uh, Puss Tr- in Boots. Oh, okay. Wait, really? Who, who, did you t- 
Who did you think I was talking about? Uh, I was about to make a j- joke. It was Prince Charming. <laughs> no, uh, well, <laughs> well, Puss in Boots didn't start as my favorite character, but I kind of just felt like what they would eventually do with him, with his spin-off movie and things like that. He kind of became. He is a great character. He is just—he's this roguish do-gooder who who is also charming, charming to boot, to boots. And yeah, I guess Shrek kind of uh, continues this fair making fun of fairy tale tropes things. Yeah, it doesn't stop. It doesn't lose the edge. It's just good. It's might be even better. And I wanted to say. Like, just the concept of Shrek sacrificing basically his life. Because for him, being ogre, being an ogre is like the best thing for him. He loves living in a swamp. He loves bathing in dirt. He loves eating eyeballs and being scary. But he sacrifices all it for love. Mm. And he fights for love in a dramatic sequence that I look up like every other month. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or three months, I don't know. But I remember Shrek too. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm I'm starting to notice that, that yeah, apparently you really like Shrek too. It kind of tells everything about my tastes, really. And if if I'm being honest, I remember Shrek. I remember Shrek when I was younger, and for pe- for people that just think that this was kind of a jokey thing that we watched, it kind of wasn't to be honest because Shrek was really actually popular. Yeah, I think people. And, and to like... be honest, okay, Carol, you. I think people kind of misunderstood and took this at face value, like ha ha ha, look at this funny cartoon man burping and being mean. But it kind of has like a story it wants to tell, and it's nice. Um, yeah, I, I was going to get to that point that even if, uh, even in the all the popularity where, where Shrek really was popular. I was really never that big of a fan, to be honest. Really? No, I, I could watch the movies and I somewhat enjoyed them, but like I said, Shrek was really, really popular when we were young. Yeah, it kind of was. But no one ever wanted to admit that they liked Shrek. Mm, maybe. Well, I guess uh, which one should we take? Because you... You just kind of made a big argument for Shrek 2. But I could make an equally big argument for for the dragon. Like, if if you want to talk a little bit, bit about more, just to even out the playfield, I think the dragon trainer, the second movie, is the best one of them all. It's... Yeah, should, should, should we continue with that one then? We might have to. Okay, How to Train Your Dragon 2 moves on. Yeah, because I feel like I have more to say about Dragon Trainer 2 than Shrek 2. And it'll be fun, more fun to talk about. Okay, next matchup we have Kung Fu Panda 2 versus the original Shrek. And to be honest, I don't really feel like this is much of a competition. No, it isn't. What, do, we, do, do we say the movie on 3? Kung Fu Panda 2? Yeah. <laughs> Like, it has it all. <laughs> okay, Shrek has some good qualities to it, but it doesn't be beat Kung Fu Panda 2. No, it the, just, I think, animation-wise, 
sorry, I'm gonna hold it against Shrek. It looks a little bit dated. It has that a little bit jank from the earlier from the earlier movies. While Kung Fu Panda Two looks stellar, uh, mm. and while I enjoy the the story of Shrek, I feel like it like Shrek the first movie against the second one it doesn't really hold up that well. No, oh, well, okay. The 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 Kung Fu Panda movie, I mean. Mm, okay. Um, let's see. Now we are into the semi-finals where we find probably our biggest upset in this whole tournament. The Road to El Dorado versus Kung Fu Panda. Is this where the Road, the road to El Dorado stops going? I actually have no idea. Uh... <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Well, Kung Fu Panda 1, I felt like I felt like when, when Kung Fu Panda 1 came out, it was so un unique in some way because I didn't really feel like so many films did have had that kind of humor while still having that serious tone to it. And it's kind of this uh, tale of Poe uh, understanding that he has more to him that, than he himself believes, you can say. Yeah. I agree, actually, because he did. He did have more to himself. Mm. And it was nice that just to... As I mentioned before, Poe is is a likable character because he's an underdog, and it's really easy to root for him. And the whole structure of it, of just this being like a... Like, it's a kung fu movie. And you want to, like, in martial arts, you want to root for the underdog. And has mysticism, and it has, like... It just feels very not not as it's still serious and it's still like it has a little bit of whimsy, don't you think? Yeah, in some way, yes. And maybe es especially with the turtle, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and then we have the road to El Dorado. La something that I I have started to think about the with when it it comes to El Dorado is that. I feel like it's a bit more adult than the, some of the other films on this uh, list. Like early DreamWorks to the animation, I feel like, had some more adult uh, things in them. Yeah, I mean, just top of my head, we have, like, in the beginning, we have, like, people, poverty, uh, the boys faced being, like, lashed with whip, like, being whipped with whips for 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 sneaking onto the board of the ship then they they were like yeah we should just sacrifice this man for the gods and they almost got them did that yeah and then Tulio get, gets a little tingly feeling in his pants and you should not listen to that tingly feeling <laughs> no he's trying to seduce you and take your friends away yeah like it was also kind of horny if we if we're gonna talk about it yeah, in some ways it was. Like, it was just two dudes on founding... Like, it mm. was cool. It was just two dudes and their conflicting, like, philosophies. Because one wanted to stay because he he felt like he had already everything. While the other one, the, the creative one, he wanted to stay because he felt like these were his people. People who just enjoy life and appreciate beauty like him. Mm. Uh, 
One, one, another thing that I really enjoyed is, do you remember that game scene where they kind of has, have this uh, ball who's really an animal? Yeah, armadillo. And they, they play. They play some kind of weird game of trying to pu- put that ball into a ring. Yeah. Wasn't that based on a real game that Aztecs play, or Mayans? Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that, actually. So, and it was pretty accurate, too. Like, the losers were usually executed if they lost. Mm. Um, so... <laughs> and can I also... Now when we have... Uh, one last thing. Chaka mm. Khan, I could make him worse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's my thing. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I probably would take Kung Fu Panda too. I just felt like that was so, so unique. It had such a cool villain at the time. It had... Yeah, Tai it had it had mature teams and in in some way, but it still balanced it very well with its kind of humor. Yeah, and I feel like maybe for us because it also came kind of around the time when we were young, it mm. kind of felt a little bit inspirational. Like even if you're weird and you have your quirks, if you apply yourself and somebody like somebody will believe in you. Mm. And then. And I guess we're going to take Kung Fu Panda then. Yeah, I agree. But still, watch Road to Eldorado if you can. Yeah. Okay, next matchup we have How to Train Your Dragon 2 versus Kung Fu Panda 2. This is a I guess, this is a really tough choice, I feel like. I guess these two are uh, in some way similar because they both kind of expanded their, their world. Like, the first one kind of introduced the world, and the second one kind of expands it. Yeah. I, 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 still really enti- I still really don't feel like we have explained Kung Fu Panda 2 yet, because that film kind of has been like, okay, let's move on, it's Kung Fu Panda 2. Yeah, I feel, I feel like you're right. So, just to explain a quick recap, Kung Fu Panda 2 follows the aftermath of the first movie. We learn that in China there is an emperor who decided that who decided to just commit a genocide on all pandas because he had this premonition from a from an oracle that one day a panda will dethrone him uh, he is a peacock and he's like commands china with an iron fist and mm. suddenly he finds po and they find each other and a war breaks out just between the two factions yeah like, uh, we we actually saw this uh, or Kung Fu Panda 2 in cinema together on its premiere. Yeah, we did. That was so and, long ago. Yeah, and, and the one thing that I remember is that when I walked into the theater, I ta- thought that eh, I, would prob- I would probably like Kung Fu Panda 2, but I, I love Kung Fu Panda 1 so much that it probably would be impossible for Kung Fu Panda 2 to be even better. better. Because and that is how much I like Kung Fu Panda One is that I thought it it would be impossible for Kung Fu Panda Two to to top that first way, movie. Yeah, and, and the weird thing is that when I fe- when I walked out of it, I felt like Kung Fu Panda did just that. Like I felt like Kung Fu Panda Two di- did what sequels are supposed to do. It's cr- it creates a bigger t- threat in in a villain, bigger stakes. It keeps it keeps the good humor and and fun adventure kind of thing and some some ways expands the characters and 
Poe's backstory. Yeah, because la, la, it, it achieved like, all of that. Yeah, Kung Fu Panda 2 is just such, such a great sequel, if I'm being honest. Like, And uh, I wanted to say, just as we were mentioning the villain in the third movie, because he didn't feel threatening at all. We had few scenes where he actually like did damage besides to like maybe like he I, I know he destroyed the Jade Castle and then fought Kung Fu Masters, but you never felt like that he was this evil man. But here we have the prince who poisoned his entire family, like enacted genocide, developed cannons specifically to destroy his enemies, and he like and he just symbolizes everything that will destroy Poe's way of life. And it's just like, holy shit, if they don't goddamn get his ass, there'll be blood. Yeah, the, he, he would probably destroy the, the whole city. Yeah, but not exactly. No, no, he would just, like, rule everything. It'll be yeah. done, though. It'll be game over. It, it, it felt like they had, they somehow managed to be, make a bigger t- threat than the first film. And and that's kind of what I meant with how it felt like it evolved so much. And there's there's also one scene where after the villain has shot Poe with a cannonball, uh, with a cannonball, because that happens. Yeah, like I I have this scene right in front of me, right in front of my eyes. It was so good, like the almost yeah. ending scene. Yeah, and and there there's this cool animation scene because the animation is also very good in this film. Where and there, there's this scene with Poe. When rain keeps falling and he catches a raindrop with his hand, and it's kind of this scene where he finds inner peace. And this movie is just so good. I think, I think I figured out the flaw with the third one. It's chi, because this scene would have been explained with chi, but it's been never brought up until the third part. And. And until now, it felt like this was like a natural progression. He had to find an piece. But in the third one, it's just chi. It's just this magical power. It became magic. Poe, you gotta find this chi kind of power. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's magical and yellow. But going back to Dragon Trainer 2, what I wanted to mention was, it's one of the few movies where Dead Mom backstory plays into the character more because Dead Mom comes back to life. Like, that doesn't happen a lot. No. I also felt like it was a little bit retconning that her, that his mom was actually alive and having all these dragons. But I forgive it because it built up to this whole other faction of dragons living on the island. Explanations of Alphas. Uh, just her being this antithesis also to the to the bad guy. And also, like, like further driving the point that, that Hiccup is... Just this best of both worlds between his father and his mother. And then his father deaths. I did not see that coming. No. I did not see his him having two parents and then coming back to single digits, like like back to one. Yeah, that that that's a bit fun funny <laughs> in some way. <laughs> yeah, just I have found my mother after all this long time. Yeah. Uh, five minutes later, my father died. Yeah, like they did not get to enjoy it a lot. But it also again brought up the stakes because it was integral for him to die because it drove a wedge between Hiccup and uh, and Toothless. Yeah, it, it it kind of is surprising that they killed off the father just because the that was one of the central team in the first movie 
is his relationship with his father. Yeah, which hurts so goddamn much. Um, I also wanted to say one thing. It was cool that I actually talked in the first beginning of the movie because I felt like it'd be, oh, Hiccup doesn't tell his father what the deal is and there'll be like miscommunication that'll have a fight fight again. No. First 15 minutes of, of the movie, dad, there's a problem. We have... Uh, there's this guy called Bloodhand and he's coming to, to goddamn kick, kick our asses. Yeah. Like, cool. Really cool. Hmm. I, I gotta say, How to Train Your Dragon is a really good movie. It's a really good sequel. It expands the world and... It, it, it just exceeded the first one. First one is good. Second one it, is the best of them all. It has a, it has a cute romantic couple. <laughs> I... I kind of wish we had more on-screen time between Hiccup and... like Astrid. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like everyone is pushing them together, but... I don't see it. In the, in the third one, I see it. In the, in the second one, I don't see it. Really? Mm. I, I, I kind of felt like they had been together uh, uh, in some time in the sequel, and that, that kind of just how their relationship had evolved. Well, I mean, there is a time skip, so I can see, like, yeah, maybe you're right. Well, anyway, I kind of felt like Kung Fu Panda 2 wins this, or... How do you feel? I like them. No, I like the second one better. I I came around to to the dragon trainer to the dragons, but I still have second as as a dear place in my heart. Okay, uh, should we take Kung Fu Panda or what? Do, did you mean? Let's take the sec the Kung Fu Panda. Okay. And then for our final matchup. <laughs> 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 as I said, as I said before, we are fans of one fr franchise, uh, uh, or we are really big fans of one franchise in DreamWorks, and <laughs> we have our, a final between Kung Fu Panda, the first movie, versus Kung Fu Panda 2. We made you a whole episode just to point out that you should watch the Kung Fu Panda movies. Yeah, they're really great. <laughs> Uh, and I think that's an easy choice. Mm. I think the second one is better. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's it. We gave a lot of opinions for why. I don't think we need to reiterate uh, them. Like I feel, yeah, like I felt like I explained earlier in this episode that I, I felt like Kung Fu Panda 2 1 was so good. And when I watched Kung Fu Panda 2, it somehow made it even it somehow was even better yeah expanding the world threatening a villain like character development uh conflict war backstory explanation like this sequel has it all yeah like when i think about how how do you make a sequel i actually think of kung fu panda 2 because it it did everything right in in a sequel like I, I know that the name Kung Fu Panda sounds a bit silly, but my, but what DreamWorks with, did with this franchise is amazing. Yeah. That's what we're waiting for Kung Fu Panda 4. Which apparently is happening, I guess. Yeah, we'll see if they can, if, if they can catch the lightning in a bottle again. Okay, so the winner of our anime, 
or DreamWorks Animated Film Tournament is, unsurprisingly, Kung Fu Panda 2. And because it's goddamn great. Yeah, it's really goddamn great. I think you made... I, I was first questioning the selection of movies that you chose for this tournament, but it made it really enjoyable to talk about because they were quite different, and we actually like, had different things to say about them. I tried to I tried to take the 16 most popular DreamWorks films. Like I said, there was an exception probably with Flushed Away, but yeah. But it was dear to you, so I think it fit. Okay, I think. Well, th- I think we said it all about about the Kung Fu Panda. You should go watch it, watch it, watch it, <laughs> and watch it again. And watch it again. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's do the outro then. Let's see what. Where do we and have this? Actually, I have a little announcement. Um, before we finish okay. uh, the episode, go check out our, our Tumblr. I made a Tumblr. Uh, so if you want to see some of the likes, maybe some behind the scenes bits, some memes. <laughs> <laughs> you like memes, don't you? <laughs> go check our our Tumblr. Uh, I I'm I'm working on it being really fun. Okay, uh, so go and check out Carol's Tumblr, and uh, as always, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed it as much as we have. Don't forget to follow, hit that bell icon, or follow us on socials like Twitter. See you again in the next episode, and have a wonderful day. <laughs>